You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. We're hard on ourselves in a lot of ways, and it comes from our insecurities and fears and all those things that he's wanting to set us free from. But I think something that was real eye-opening for me was realizing that when I condemn myself, just being hard on who I am and who he created me to be, I'm really putting myself above him. Yeah. I'm placing myself above him because he doesn't condemn me. He created me for the good works that he created me for. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are continuing our Unashamed series studying the book of Romans. And I am joined by two special guests and amazing friends. First, joined by Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, hey, thanks for being morning, here. Taylor. Great to have you. And the amazing <laughs> prayer pastor that prays around the clock, Rhonda <laughs> Patterson. Rhonda Always never gets old. Joy to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you. Jose, we we are trekking along through Romans, looking at Romans 8 this week. We'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, not only as you prepared for this message, but just your thoughts as a whole as we're, where we're at in the series. Yeah, there's a big therefore at the beginning of Romans 8, and that is worthy of pause and look at where we've been to see where Paul is taking us. And, and we've seen so many incredible uh things. We've we've looked at the depravity of our sin. We've we've looked at God's wrath. And then we've also looked at God's love and how those are two sides of the same coin. And uh, so this first sentence, there is now no condemnation. I mean, we deserve condemnation. And yet uh, in Christ, we are no longer condemned. We, we are accepted. We're chosen. We're loved. We'll talk about those things. Uh, but the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that it talks about the Spirit 19 times. And uh, early on, it says, in Christ. So Christ in us is where the Spirit lives. And also in us is where our sin nature lives. Mm -hmm. And so this, this dual reality, we know that we are more than conquerors, that Christ has conquered sin and death for all. So we're good if we're in Christ, no more. And yet we still struggle with sin here, here on earth. And so this idea that Christ lives in us, he wants to help us through our journey. He wants to continually support and point us to, to truth and grace. And so, uh, yeah, that's where these four points came from, this incredible passage. I mean, barely scratched the surface, excited to talk about it more this morning. Yeah, Rondo, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we, we'll have time to jump into to each of those uh, points and kind of dig into the passage, but just overall, whether it's Romans 8 or just even the series so far, uh, have there been certain things that you feel like God's been teaching you in the midst yeah, of this series we've been it's, in? It's been so good. I, I love it. I feel like we could camp out in Romans for a year. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> because sure. Because it is so, so rich. Um, <clears throat> but I, I feel like um, what I... I feel like when we when we come into Christ, we spend the rest of our life understanding more and more about what being a co-heir is. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's it's just that beginning, and so then it's it's our life's journey to understand that more and more. Mm -hmm. And so, good. yeah, that's really good. I think mm -hmm. another thing is that we're so distracted. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that there distract are. us from understanding, from going mm -hmm. deeper into what it really means that mm -hmm. he calls us, in essence, a younger sibling of mm -hmm. Jesus. And and we are co-heirs with him. Um, and, and so the depth, again, of these words 
are incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, it takes a lifetime. Well, and to your point, Jose, you mentioned the message. There's so many key verses that right. may be popular that all come from yeah. this one pass, uh, one chapter. I was as we're reading through, I'm like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, it's almost like Paul has been talking about all these things to set up this therefore, mm-hmm. and then he'll do that again in, in Romans 12, which I can't wait. I mean, there's so much, so much in Romans 12, uh, but these those are the two big therefores in 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 the book of Romans. Yeah, we're gonna jump into talking about the spirit, but going back to just that co-heir in Christ, and it it may seem like such a simple uh, truth and reality, and yet uh, I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on how you keep this at the forefront as you're following Christ. Because I know for me, this was what what I remember when it clicked in my head and was like, whoa, this is life-changing and and made that kind of first decision for salvation. But at this point, uh, Paul keeps bringing this up over and over throughout the book. And just again, it's such a simple, yet profound reality. So how do the two of you continue to kind of keep it fresh, continue to uh, kind of really re- allow these to, to this one simple truth to resonate and, and kind of reflect on, on who you are and how you react? Yeah. I, I know for me, first thing in the morning, yeah. that is that it, it's inviting him to remind me of it throughout my day, uh, just my, my position in Christ. And, um, it's of course telling him good morning and, and all of that, but just, um, just, yeah, that, that knowing that whatever interactions I have throughout the day with people that they're filtered through his hands, designed by him for my good, for their good, for, for what he's, his purposes are. And so, um, if I'm not reminded and consciously aware of my position in Christ, then I can easily get distracted yeah. and sucked down by everything that's going on around me. But his his reminding me, his gentle reminder of that, of, of my position, then I then I know, okay, I'm looking for the purpose in yeah. each each encounter that I have and what what God's doing. So it's for me it starts first thing in the morning is mm-hmm. is asking for that reminder. There was a big change in my days when when I choose to, you know, pick up my phone versus mm-hmm. pick up my Bible or drop mm-hmm. to my knees and pray. It, it just is it's a mindset and mm-hmm. we need his reminders. We need each other to keep us accountable. But uh, I love in this chapter so many times talking about the Spirit interceding mm. for us. So the Spirit is working in us to to bring us to to this recognition that we are co-heirs, so we can call him Abba Father, that we've been adopted. So these incredible truths and realities um, are fleeting if, I love the passage in verse 15, if if we live as slaves. Mm-hmm. And it says, so that you will live, so that you will live in fear again. So when we're slaves to our sin, when we're slaves to the distractions and the uh, tyranny of the urgent, uh, fear is the end result. Mm-hmm. We we respond to fear, but he says, uh, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought, brought about your adoption to sonship. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I'm understanding, receiving, claiming my sonship to God, it mm-hmm. changes everything. 
Yeah, Jose, you had one of the personal questions on that was, am I living in order to belong or because I belong? And that question just, I had to sit for a second and really kind of think about that and mm-hmm. and allow God to speak through that question. But would love to ask both of y'all just, what would you think practically and just even personally, what would you say are the biggest differences between the two, either in your lives or just in those around you that you've noticed? Am I living in order to belong or because I belong? What's the biggest difference between the two to that point about being adopted and chosen? Are we skipping through condemned no more? <laughs> we can come back. We can come back to it. He's going. He's going all over. I love it. I love it. He's going. He's being spirit led right now. <laughs> I, I think we we talked about this justification, sanctification, mm-hmm. uh, glorification. Glorification is getting the trophy in the sports analogy. Sanctification is we're on the team, growing in our skills so that we can work better together to accomplish the mission. And then justification is is we made the team without trying out. And and so in our faith, the reality that we, we've we been chosen, mm-hmm. period. Uh, no tryout required. It's something that we have to continually remind ourselves because my nature is to mm-hmm. show God, to show myself and others, I, I'm, I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Watch me perform. Watch me mm-hmm. do when, when God's saying, I've already chosen you. Mm-hmm. And so this life that is lived out out of a sense of belonging completely changes the way that we respond to really any circumstance. It does. And I, I, for me, I feel like um, it has to do with my, my love for Christ, my love for God and what He's done for me. So when I move into performance and it's just doing the checklist yes. of things because I belong, um, but when my love for Him is overflowing, when I'm filled with His Spirit, then I, I engage because I belong. Because, mm-hmm, yeah. And so... It's it's easy even throughout your day to move back and forth between the two, yeah. but um, it's all about his love for us and our mm-hmm. love and adoration for him in return. Because then yeah. we respond; we can't help but respond. Yeah. yeah. Just this past week, uh, a few days ago, I was reading First Corinthians thirteen, popular passage about love and definition of love. And for some reason, I'd always read that as in like how we should show love to other people. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to be patient. I need to be, you know, like I'm looking, running through all these things, holding no record of wrongs. And then it dawned on me, like, oh, this is God's, God's love, love for me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, just to your point, Rhonda, like just even reading that passage alone may be helpful for some This you're reading over that. And instead of jumping to, okay, what relationship do I need to apply this in my life? Or what way do I need to change my perspective? Instead, just realizing this is how God sees me. This is yeah. how God loves me. He's the one that set that bar and that is is loving Absolutely. me. And like you said, out of that reflection and overflow mm-hmm. of that is, is really key. Yeah. I'm going to jump to the first question here. I'm going to beat you, beat you to it because to. that love is what transforms us. Mm-hmm. And that's the love that compels me to condemn the sin that Jesus condemned mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And so we're no, we're no longer condemned in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but we, we are to condemn sin. We're mm-hmm. s- we still need to call it what it is. It, it is the pathway to death. And so that transformational love in my life, Jesus's unmerited grace for me, allows me then to say, I'm not going to live the way I used to anymore. I'm not going to do the things, say the things, think the things that I, that I used to. And that's the that's the slow work of the Spirit in us. It's it it's the sanctifying work that, 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 he's, that He's moving in each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad we went back to that one <laughs> because I, I 
I so agree with you. And in our culture today, we don't like to call things sin. <laughs> we just yeah. don't. But um, I also think that um, condemned no more, you know, there's no condemnation from God over us. We're, we're redeemed, we're cleansed, but we tend to condemn ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we're hard, we're hard on ourselves in a lot of ways, and it comes from our insecurities and fears and all those things that He's wanting to set us free from as we walk out our life with Him. But um, I think something that was real eye-opening for me was realizing that when I condemn myself— I, uh, about whatever my shortcomings are, and that's not that acknowledgement of sin in my life, but just being hard on who I am and who He created me to be. I'm really putting myself above Him. Yeah, Mm. I'm placing myself above Him because He doesn't condemn me. He created me for the good works that He created me for. And it may not be something that I think I should be doing or or whatever. It's, It's what He created me for. So I really am putting myself above him if i'm if i'm receiving condemnation and it comes from the enemy it's his voice you know through our minds but we have a choice whether to agree with that or to go wait no i'm adopted i'm accepted i'm a joint heir i belong to jesus and so we have to purposely reject that idea of condemnation not just from god yeah. but from ourselves as well so, so important. That's where the shame comes absolutely. in. Shame and guilt buries us, and it leads yeah. us to self-condemnation, which is the opposite of what right. God sent Jesus right. to free us from. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm, yeah. I think something you said, Rhonda, I'd love to uh, just even go back to just that concept of how the culture doesn't want to call sin, sin. I think another, this may be a loaded question here, but I think some of it too may have grown up in a church where when they do talk about sin, when they've heard sin talked about in the church, it can be in that almost very con- condemning, uh, judgmental, that, that maybe sparks sense of guilt and shame. And and uh, and so I think even just through this book, it's been eye-opening because Paul, he he's, he's doing both the grace and the truth. He's showing us both. He's very real about the earthly mindset. We looked at that in Colossians 3, yeah. even just from the message on Sunday that he, he's not he's not afraid to call sin sin. And yet at the same time, uh, continuing to go back to this new identity that we have in Christ and this, this new way of walking in the spirit and how it is truly best for us. But for those listening that maybe, um, maybe they have a hard time discerning kind of what what is that guilt? What is that shame? Where, where does conviction start and end? And then where does guilt and shame kind of begin to maybe spiral or kind of take over? What are ways that maybe y'all could encourage someone just to discern between those those two when it comes to this topic of yeah. the earthly mindset and, and the sin? Yeah, someone in, in my community group this morning talked about Satan being the accuser. Mm-hmm. And Satan loves to blame. He loves to point the finger and, and loves to point our own finger back at us to do everything that you were just talking about, Rhonda, mm-hmm. saying, you're not worthy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you think that you're going to be forgiven or loved or people in the church are going to think that you're too far gone, but that's the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then our creator and our redeemer is over here rescuing us from that punishment, saying, no, there's a difference between the sin and you. And, and I'm going to accept you and I'm going to save you from the destructive, mm. you know, stuff. And, and so we need to recognize what you said, Taylor, the, 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 the way that Paul is writing in Romans. I mean, he hits Romans 2 and Romans 1, 2, and 3 are, are hard. Mm-hmm. He 
goes right off, right out, right out of the gate, you know, talking about uh, the depravity of humanity and and um, the the highway to hell is clear and direct, and and yet he's given us a way out. And so there is no shame, there is no guilt when we are in Christ. I think sometimes we do struggle though as humans to provide each other with the same grace that God that God provides us mm-hmm. with. And that's the hard part because we can yeah. we can sometimes err on the side of Satan, the mm-hmm. accuser, mm-hmm. rather than the side of Jesus, the one who mm-hmm. condemns us no no more. Well and just to tie in, Rhonda, what you said earlier, just even both of y'all starting your day with truth and God's truth as a way to keep these at the forefront of your mind. I mean that's what I mean that's what Jesus did when he was faced mm-hmm. face to face with the accuser was responding with truth, with responding truth. Yeah. with that's God's right. word. Yeah, yeah, that thought life, that's uh, that's the place where the enemy will try to hit us. And so beginning our day, um, just receiving his truth and asking him to remind us of that truth as we go about the day. Because we can start off strong and then the day, you know, begins to unfold and it's it's uh, we can quickly be sucked back down. But, um, but God is there to help us and just capture those thoughts, you know. Yeah. And really give good. them to him. Okay, let's uh, we'll jump back on track here. So we started with yes. two, went to number one. <laughs> let's go to number three here in this point that in Christ we can compare our present suffering with future glory. This is based on verse eighteen that says, "I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us." Um, for both of y'all, Jose, maybe to start off, but but what is so significant about this when it comes to how we we address our circumstances in the present, and what are maybe some practical ways that we can, uh, sometimes heaven and future glory feel so far, so distant, so, uh, you know, almost, almost fake compared to, to the reality of where we're at sometimes. So, so how, how, how can you, uh, you know, in your current circumstances entrust God based on that future glory? Yeah, I think living in the present, we recognize the, you know, we see a timeline and we see, okay, today's today. Uh, yesterday was yesterday and tomorrow's tomorrow. So really, looking at the three individually, I can't control the past. I can't control the future, but but I do have a decision right now. What what am I gonna think? Where am I gonna set my mind on? Am I gonna be, you know, uh, sad or held back by the decisions that I made yesterday that are, that are gone? Or am I gonna worry about the things that are gonna happen tomorrow that I can't control? Or, or am I gonna choose this moment to, give it to God. And then he's given us a beautiful picture. He forgives us our past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he gives us his present, mm-hmm. you know, our, his, his presence in the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then he gives us hope for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus is so awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he provides us with all three. So yeah, it, it's gotta be a decision by decision moment. We talked to somebody, Rhonda, on Sunday mm-hmm. who was struggling with hope. Mm-hmm. And and there is only so much that I could say or that mm-hmm. Rhonda could say, but but leaning on the Lord to, who is the God of hope to show this person and really to show every person that we're not alone, that we're not defined by our past. We can be comforted for the future because it's in his hands, but in the present moment, we can choose to, to hold on to. Absolutely. To and it, that is absolutely a supernatural work of God because yeah. um, our circumstances can be really dire. Mm-hmm. And um, 
in light of, we, there's always someone else we can look at around us who's going through something worse. But there, there are some really tough situations that people are in at times and some battles that they're facing that are so hard. And so having, um, entrusting that to God can be really hard when you're just knee deep in it or, right. or worse, you know. So, but what I love to see is how God in that supernatural work can infuse hope even though the circumstances haven't changed. And mm-hmm. watching that happen um, is just beautiful. And it's totally God because yeah. we don't have, we can't, we can't give that to someone. We can speak it, but we can't, we can't give it. it it's mm-hmm. God has to reveal it for them and bring them into that place. And I, for me, I feel like it's a place of peace entering into mm-hmm. a place of peace in it where the struggling stops, you know, we can read all through the Psalms, you know, David crying out to God and wrestling with all through scripture. There's so, so many rich Job, you know, just, just wrestling with, with circumstance and God, he understands that. And he, I feel like his word is there to tell us that it's okay to wrestle through that with him, but don't shut him out from it. Invite him into the wrestling and welcome him into it. And he he will lift your head. He will set your eyes back on him and infuse hope into something. And it will pass. It will pass. And God will help you through it. So... Mm-hmm. That's so good. I, I think, I mean, that tied in perfectly just to that fourth point here of finding comfort um, with confidence, confronting trials uh, with confidence and just the comfort that we have in that. Rhonda, you're not here for this reason, but I would love for you, you're so humble about this, but just to share about the prayer ministry team, because you personally do this so well, what you just said, as far as coming, along, coming alongside others uh, in some of their darkest times of their life. But what, what have, what, uh, in what ways can the prayer ministry team come alongside someone that maybe is experiencing just yeah. uh, trials? And to your point, they've they've been through and they've seen so many hard things, mm-hmm. and they're they're struggling with hope. Mm-hmm. What are some some ways the team can? Yeah, do that? Um, again, it's just it's it's totally God when when He comes through and does it because in in ourselves as a team we don't have anything to offer but Him and so if we're it, our natural inclination would be well what if you you know applied for another job or what if you yeah. you know because we want to try to help people fix their circumstance but um, that's not what they're coming for so when people come in for prayer um, on a Monday evening they're always um, they pray with with two individuals because Jesus modeled that for us. He sent us out in twos, so we minister in twos. And so uh, um, God just gives us what we need to pray, whether it's Scripture or our words and prayer that take them. And oftentimes we don't even know mm-hmm. where it is God's wanting to take them in 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 that moment, but he takes them there because he knows their deepest place of need. And so it's just a joy. It's been outside of family. It's probably the joy of my life to watch someone come in so heavy laden and leave with hope Hmm. and leave with peace settled upon them that even though things haven't changed, they've been changed internally because God met them. And it wasn't me. It wasn't one of the the other intercessors would tell you the same thing. It wasn't them. It was God speaking through that. And I can, I can, um, 
boast on it because I received it first right. in coming yeah. in for prayer ministry yeah. many years ago and receiving that same kind of care, confidentiality, no judgment, just mm-hmm. receiving people in love and then praying with them um, where God wants to to guide it. So. What a gift God's given us through prayer and what a gift we have as a church mm-hmm. in you, Rhonda, mm-hmm. as you lead this incredible ministry and team. Um, I'm with you. I've you. been so blessed by prayer ministry. And I think the other thing that it allows us to do, it, it puts everything into focus. Mm-hmm. It's an action that we take. We enter into the throne room of God and we're surrounded by other brothers and sisters here in our context, in our mm-hmm. church family that that are, are, are battling yeah. alongside us and then we leave light yeah and maybe not totally free but just mm-hmm. a bit lighter mm-hmm. and I think about this a verse that we didn't talk about today but the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us mm-hmm. he's raising us mm-hmm. he's he's truly doing a new work within us. And that's yeah. only a work of God. And it's a mystery that he wants to use yeah, us to be a part of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he loved, y'all get me going and we'll be here uh, in an hour. Go, I'm telling go. you, but we're, we're created for connection with yeah. each other. And so for some, that coming in for prayer on a Monday, we take it so um, seriously mm. and with gravity and we cherish their time, their courage, their humility for coming. But I believe what happens is sometimes for people, it, it they haven't been able to bring something into the light and they're able to come to a safe place and bring something into the light that the enemy has been hitting them and beating them up about. And then it's brought into the light of Jesus to touch it. And and then what happens is we go back to the no condemnation and they're lifted from yeah. the muck of the yeah. world into the heavenly realm. They're reminded that they are that co-heir. Mm-hmm. And so we can have nothing but hope when we're grabbing a hold of that. So that's so good. That is so good. Rhonda, real quick, just practically, if someone wants to uh, join you on a Monday night for prayer, what does that look like? Yeah. So uh, we do accept walk-ins anytime, but I will say I love it. If I know ahead, you can email me, Rhonda at SuppersCreekChurch.com. Or um, H-O-N-D-A. Yes. Or prayer at SuppersCreekChurch.com. And so if I know ahead, I like to pray about what team would be assigned to a person. And so that's why it just, it helps to have that notice, but uh, it can be last minute. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get a text or an email five o'clock on a Monday. So yeah, yeah. If you're thinking about it. I just want to encourage you to go ahead. You will be glad you did because again, it's just an amazing way that God moves and Rhonda really grateful for, for the way that you minister. Thanks for listening to the Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.